The worlds of biological and digital germs have converged. That is, the coronavirus pandemic has caused both a fresh round of cybersecurity threats. The germ is also a test of national resilience that parallels the potential for disruption from cyberspace. That's why the congressionally chartered Cyberspace Solarium Commission recently published what it calls an appendix to its March report in light of the pandemic. For highlights, we turn to the commission co-chairman, Maine Senator Angus King. Senator King, good to have you back. Tom, great to be with you. And you you stated the whole program in your question. I think you covered it pretty well there. Well, I think you can probably give us some more detail here, though. And this appendix uh, really draws some parallels here. And what, what sparked this and what should people take away from the appendix? Well, the first thing that sparked it was our realization that the the pandemic had spawned a new round of cyber attacks, that there was disinformation, there was hacking, that this had illustrated a vulnerability. And as we got deeper into it, we realized that there's some important lessons to be learned here. Number one, we've gone to a world of work from home. And through the last three or four months, we've had millions, literally millions of people working from home in all kinds of businesses and industries across the country, which has created, if you stop and think about it, a whole new what we call target space for adversaries. In other words, a whole whole bunch of new places to attack. Home routers, for example, have become uh, a, an opera, a target of opportunity. So uh, that in itself has sort of uh, alerted us to this uh, this broad spectrum of, of uh, possible attacks. The other thing, a couple of things that we learned from the pandemic is uh, that are parallels to our original report. One is the necessity of of some kind of uh, planning and, and preparation in advance, and particularly planning for continuity of the economy. For how do you how do you cope with a nationwide uh, catastrophe of some kind? I mean, we've seen what the pandemic has done uh, to our economy, and uh, it could have been a, a cyber attack that took down the electric grid or the telecommunications uh, or finance. I mean. Uh, the, the the threat is still there. And we thought this was an important moment to pause and say, OK, what do we learn from this uh, terrible experience we're going through? And interestingly, one of the things in the pan, in the appendix says the need to digitize, I'm sorry, the need to digitize critical services, which is something that uh, I think the administration, successive administrations have talked about and tried to do. And just as an aside, there's a proposal for a lot of money for IT modernization of the federal government. Do you think this mitigates well, in favor of some of that spending? I do. And I, I and this is something, as you know, there's been this sort of ongoing drama of new IT for the FBI, for various agencies, OPM. Uh, and uh, we just got to do that. I mean, in, in some areas, the federal government is, is in the 90s uh, in terms of its IT capacity. And Digitization and moving things to the cloud are uh, uh, protective if done right and if done in a secure way. Uh, I, I have a son that I talk about with these things uh, quite often, and he said, Dad, why do you want to move everything to the cloud? Then all they got to do is hack one place. And uh, that's a that's a reasonable point. Uh, on the other hand, if we have a secure cloud, that's better than millions of insecure uh places where every business in America can be hacked. So one of our major recommendations is upgrading the security of the cloud and and uh, certification. The other thing we're, we've talked about is uh, the security 
of the Internet of Things. Uh, if you if everything in your house is connected and your car and your microwave and your refrigerator and your, of course, your your television, if they're all connected, they again, they are points of possible attack. And uh, we believe we have to what we what we're recommending is the creation of a voluntary uh, labeling program like uh, UL. You know, we we buy a lamp and it says UL and you have some assurance it's been tested and it's not going to burn your house down. We're talking about a kind of UL label for uh, devices in terms of their cybersecurity. Because there is also in the military the cybersecurity maturity model certification a program going on just for the supply chain of DOD. It seems like there might be lessons learned there so far that could apply absolutely. everywhere. No, no, absolutely. And and the other thing we've learned in the pandemic is uh, from the old song, the knee bone is connected to the thigh bone. Everything is connected and the supply chain is really critical and we don't really think about it. I mean, you know, my nightmare is, uh, somebody in China pushes a button and all the all the bolts fall out of the transmissions in in every uh, military vehicle in the world. I mean, we, we've got to be thinking about supply chain and security of supply chain. And, you know, that brings us back to Huawei and those those other kinds of of issues. But uh, th- that it's really caused us to stop and think about how everything is connected, that when when we shut down one business or industry for the pandemic, it it uh, it ripples uh, through the entire society. We're speaking with Maine Senator Angus King. He's co-chairman of the Cyberspace Solarium Commission. And you also have some management recommendations about leadership, coordination processes, executive branch leadership and so on in this latest appendix. What are some of the top line ideas for making sure we are psychically and, I guess, intellectually and, and organizationally prepared, not just technically. Well, well, organizationally is really crucial. And as you know, one of our major recommendations in the original report, which is reiterated here, is the need for a national cyber director, somebody in charge. Right now, we have uh, great people at uh, the Department of Homeland Security, NSA, FBI, CIA, uh, TSA, all over the government, we have pieces of this responsibility, but nobody's in charge. There's nobody that oversees uh, and has some input into the budgets of all the departments. There's nobody that uh, can have uh, can hold uh, the the various agencies accountable. And what we're suggesting is a national cyber director in the executive office of the president, appointed by the president, approved or confirmed by the Senate. And uh, my sort of homely uh, uh, approach to this is when I was in business, I always look for one throat to choke. I want somebody who's accountable, who I can go to and say, you're in charge here, rather than everybody saying, well, that wasn't my responsibility. And the, the administration is resisting this proposal, but I contend that this is a favor to the president because it gives he or she, uh, not just this president, but any president in the future, uh, a place that they can go to hold somebody accountable and to to execute orders rather than having them fall uh, between the between the silos uh, scattered throughout the federal government. Yeah, you put it tougher than the military. They call it a belly button to push. So maybe they're a little uh, yeah. gentler down there below. But. Uh, <laughs> 
And then that gets to the idea of the federal cybersecurity workforce, and that's a recommendation in the appendix and also in the original report. We really have to uh, step up this uh, uh, this part of the of the job. We've got, I think, there's something like thirty five thousand empty uh, IT jobs in the in the federal government right now, uh, and we have a number of suggestions. One is uh, a kind of ROTC for uh, for IT, for, for cybersecurity, where uh, there'd be college support, college scholarships uh, in exchange for a commitment uh, to, to uh, serve the country. And it doesn't have to be in the military. It could be anywhere across the, the federal government. Uh, and, and I think that's really important. And people often ask me, you know, why would somebody go to work for the federal government in IT uh, when they can make so much money, more money in the private sector? And and the answer is from talking to people at NSA and and uh, CISA and the other agencies, there is something attractive about national service. Uh, there's there's something important about serving your country, and it may be for a period of years, short period of years, and then you come back. Uh, so we're, we're trying to uh, press all those buttons to to be sure that we have uh, the kind of workforce that we need because. You can't solve problems with uh, empty seats. And let me ask you about a parallel effort at FEMA. They have put out all kinds of guidance in recent weeks to local authorities in trying to get them better prepared to deal with a possible weather emergency because we are in hurricane season and it's predicted to be maybe a little worse than normal in the age of pandemic. So you have emergency response and pandemic. Here we're talking about cybersecurity and pandemic. Is there a grand architecture to all of this, all of these threats in some manner that could be built into the way the government thinks about and plans for disaster? The key word is plan. And and uh, having the structure in place before the crisis hits, you, you know, I mean, well, let me tell you a quick story. When I was first elected governor of Maine, I toured various state offices. And one of the offices I walked into, there were a bunch of people sitting around with maps and charts and and uh, directories and uh, computer screens with with uh, storm tracks on them. And I said, what you know, what's this? Who's this? This is MEMA, Governor, the main emergency management agency. They're preparing for for a crisis. And I was in a a cutting of government mode at that point. And and I said to myself, well, here's the 35 or 40 or 50 jobs we can cut. And they talked me out of it. And I was damn glad they did because lo and behold a couple of years later we had a huge ice storm in maine Six hundred thousand people lost power and mema was critical and the fact that they had done the planning and knew where the cots were and knew how to get food service to shelters and knew how to had a network of people in every county really made a huge difference and i'm sure saved lives so i really learned a lesson from that that Planning in a situation like this is, is simply buying insurance, uh, and that's what we really need to be thinking about. We need to have the structure uh, built, as I mentioned, but we also need to plan you know, on continuity of the economy. If, if there's a cyber attack that takes down the electric grid in the Northeast, what do we do? How do we think through getting power, for example, to the financial sector in New York? Uh, and we have we need some people uh, with uh, vivid imagination saying, well, if, if I were an adversary, here's what I would do. And then we have to figure out how to counter it. So planning and preparation and uh, and structure 
is really important. One of my favorite sayings is structure is policy. If you have a messy, uncoordinated, disorganized structure, you're going to have messy, uncoordinated, disorganized policy. It's just as simple as that. So all of the pieces, having the structure, having the planning, having the thinking of the unthinkable, uh, and then thinking about solutions and how are we going to solve this uh, can make a huge difference rather than just ad hocing it, uh, trying to deal with a serious problem on the fly without, uh, without those, those elements in place. Yeah, I guess when the first stay-at-home order started coming out, my response was first to the liquor store for a bottle of gin, then to the bank to get some cash to hide in the house. And uh, I'll have to do better the next time based on what don't, you don't said. Don't forget toilet paper. Don't, you, you, ran, you, you swung by for toilet paper and paper towels. All right, you got me on that one. Maine Senator Angus King is co-chairman, along with Wisconsin Representative Mike Gallagher of the Cyberspace Solarium Commission. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, great to be with you. Good to discuss these things. And I think we're on the right track. We've made some serious and important recommendations. And I have to tell you, this commission was totally nonpartisan. I mean, uh, we had four members of Congress. Of course, we knew who their parties were, or in my case, no party. But the other members of the commission, the other uh, 12 members, I haven't the faintest idea what their political affiliation was. And that was the way it should be. We had great discussions uh, talked about the issues. There was no sense of political uh, ramifications. We're just trying to do something for the country. I think we're on a track to provide uh, some positive help. So thanks for the time, and uh, let's keep in touch. We'll post this interview along with a link to the appendix, white paper at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Pop quiz. What can you buy for three ninety nine? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.